You want to kick the coffee habit, but you're worried about your energy levels. To avoid the morning sluggishness and that midday slump, you need to make sure you're hydrated. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced and efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply, and you can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your first order. 15. How does a PED suspension impact the closer situation in Cleveland? And what value do RBI specialists have? Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had the three go-throughs yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, May 4th. I'm Al Melchior, and I am here with Derek Van Riper. And DVR, uh, we've got uh, a big news story from over the weekend that that has some fancy implications. Uh, Not something that we've had happen much in the last several weeks, but uh, probably by now at this point, a lot of uh, people have heard about the 80-game PED suspension for Emmanuel Classe. Uh, he was certainly expected to be a big part of that uh, Indians late inning mix in the bullpen. Do you think that uh, this really changes anything from a fantasy perspective? Were you expecting him to enter into the saves picture at some point? Or is this really more of kind of a specialty format, deep league kind of impact? You know, I thought he was really the next in line if Brad Hand were to suffer an injury or if he were to struggle the way he did at times down the stretch last season. Uh, And with an 80-game suspension in what could be an 81 or 100-game season, I mean, Class A might not pitch at all in 2020 now as a result of the suspension, depending on how those chips fall. So it makes me a little more interested in James Karinchak, who, as part of the final round of roster adjustments that Cleveland made prior to the roster freeze, uh, it sent him to AAA. He becomes more interesting because I think he's a big part of their plans anyway. We're talking about a guy that had an outstanding strikeout rate in the minor leagues, and I just don't see any of the more established options in that bullpen. Oliver Perez, even with the three batter minimum, is probably going to come in and you know finish innings, come in against the lefty with an out or something, and then maybe finish the inning from there. Um, And I don't see Adam Simber or Hunter Wood or or Nick Whitgren. I don't really see any of those guys as clear-cut fallback options the way that Karinchek, based on raw stuff, does. So definitely a big loss for Cleveland. Uh, Class A is a guy that I thought was going to be important to them, at least as part of the bridge to hand, if not as a replacement for hand this season. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, hand himself because you know I think I saw um, Class A as, as maybe having a little bit broader appeal than that just because the way that hand really sort of imploded during most of the second half in 2019 it really it really worried me uh, now the one thing 
that maybe was reassuring was that hand during the brief period of spring training that, you know, that was conducted. He seemed to be on, on the way back. Um, he had pitched well and again, you know, very limited innings. But, you know, if we look at the bigger picture of uh, the last two plus months of 2019, Really, it was July 21st, at that point forward, where it seemed like Hand uh, was was probably being affected by the elbow issues that he was experiencing uh, late last year. Uh, up through July 21st, he had a 15.0% swinging strike rate. Um, from that point forward, that rate dipped to 10.1%, which you know usually is just not going to get it done as a closer. A 10% walk rate, just a 22% strikeout rate, an ERA close to six, plus the possibly or, or I guess likely uh, underlying elbow issues. So what's your thinking, you know, regardless of the other potential candidates, just in terms of hand himself, how much, if, if at all, are you downgrading him because of that? You know, I think I'm looking at him now with Class A suspended and stabilizing him a little bit, whereas prior to the suspension news, I, I was looking at hand versus Hansel Robles, versus Hector Neris, and really considering moving him down a couple of spots. I've been working on a new set of rankings for what feels like a month now, but mostly I've just been waiting for a better sense of what the season might look like before I go through the process of making significant changes. The one thing we know about the season, it's going to be shorter. So I can make some rankings based on a shortened season and then change them later, of course, if we find out that whole season gets played in Arizona. Um, I think Hand has a case to be a top 10 closer, even with some of those struggles we saw in the second half of last season. The overall body of work in 2019 was still pretty good. He had a strikeout rate that was in the 95th percentile in the big leagues, a whiff rate that was in the 81st percentile. Uh, he's been working with the same kind of slider-heavy mix each of the last two seasons. That's been something that's been on the rise ever since he uh, made the move into the bullpen a few years ago. So as long as the arm is healthy, I think he's actually one of the safer closers in the pool. I just think he's more of like a clear-cut second-tier guy than someone who could finish uh, among the league's top three or top five closers. I don't think he has that type of ceiling anymore. Yeah, well, you know, something else, too, that has changed in the last two or three days is uh, the latest plan that's been reported. Uh, so, you know, you, may, you alluded to uh, the, the clustering, all the teams in Arizona. We've had two or three different configurations of teams clustering in different locations. Uh, now, the latest one, uh, as reported by uh, Bob Nightingale of USA Today, is that teams will play in their own home venues and they'll play other teams in their own divisions and in the opposite league's uh, counterpart divisions. So, you know, an AL East team will play teams in both Eastern divisions. So again, you know, we're seeing lots of different plans floated. Uh, I don't know if anyone has a better chance of any other one at this point. So, you know, given that that's the situation right now, is there even any point in attempting closer rankings? Because, you know, depending on how condensed the schedule is, you know, cl the closer position may really be a completely different thing where there's a lot more sharing of late inning roles. Yeah. I mean, if they're, if there aren't as many days off in the schedule because of the way things have to be condensed into three and a half or four months, potentially, you're going to have relievers who are simply unavailable because they pitched in three consecutive games on three consecutive days. And there's a game on that fourth day, whereas in the past, that might have been an off day. It might have been a travel day on a Monday or a Thursday where that pitcher would have been rested. And then the next game on the next day, they would have been available again. Um, so I think we will have a few more committee type situations, even if some of those committees for 
more established closers are 80-20 or, or even 90-10. I do wonder if some of the elite closers are actually going to lose some opportunities simply because of how the schedule will have to be built. Uh, but I think as you move further down the list, even as you get past the second tier, that's where I think you could see some of those 50-50 splits or 60-40 splits. And that makes the next guy in the bullpen a lot more interesting in traditional leagues than they might be in a typical year when you know a handful of save opportunities will come up over the course of the year because the regular closer is unavailable due to the schedule. Yeah, well, I think uh, in just about any scenario that we'll see a greater spreading around of saves. It's just a question of of the degree. And as we know more about what uh, the the plan is that's going to be adopted, then obviously that's going to that's going to affect our uh, draft strategies as far as that's concerned. If you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored. Why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawnmower 3.0. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag at $39 value and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. We had another piece of news uh, involving Albert Pujols over the weekend, a report from Alden Gonzalez of ESPN.com that Pujols is considering playing beyond the 2021 season. Of course, that's when his contract with the Angels runs out. Hard to believe that we're almost there. Uh, when he signed that contract, doesn't seem so long ago to me, and seemed like it was, uh, you know, obviously a, a long contract at the time. You know, almost uh, without an end. Well, we're almost to that end now, and the fantasy impact, I don't think, is really has much to do with whether he'll play in 2020. Basically, just gave me an example to take a look at what Pulis has done the last few seasons. And in 2017, 2018, and 2019, all three of those most recent seasons, he was uh, below league average uh, in terms of uh, weighted runs uh, created. So, you know, he certainly, his, his uh, fantasy value has followed. Uh, he's been a deep leaguer for the last couple of years. So I was sort of surprised, DVR, to find out that um, even as his skills have declined, even as most of his numbers have declined, he's continued to be a really good run producer. And in 2019, there were only 11 first basemen who had more RBIs than him. And overall, there were only 30 players across all positions that had more uh, RBIs than Albert Pujols did last season. Uh, That helped him rank 24th among first basemen in 5x5 roto value, um, at least uh, according to the uh, Fangraphs auction calculator. And yet he is ranking 40th and 42nd, respectively, in ADP and Fantasy Pros and on NFBC. So uh, are, are we underrating Albert Pujols a little bit? I mean, is there something really here in terms of him 
probably even in 2020, continuing to be a middle of the order presence for the Angels. Uh, the fact that he's hit really well with runners in scoring position over the last three years, much better than his overall average. So between the potential clutchness and the role context for Albert Pujols, are we are we selling him short? I don't think we might be doing that a little bit, but I'm also looking at the 2018 numbers. I mean, the 64 RBIs and just 498 plate appearances. Uh, that to me is probably more in line with my expectations for playing time. Again, prorated into a shorter season. Uh, and and just normal sorts of luck. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's had a, a 240, 300 or lower OBP and lowish 400 slugging percentage each of the last three seasons. The skills are pretty far into decline at this point. You mentioned the WRC pluses. The interesting thing for me about this, and I hadn't really thought about it until uh, you put this on the rundown for today, Albert Pujols has 656 career home runs. So he needs 107 to pass Barry Bonds for the all-time record. Bonds has 762. It's weird to think that Pujols could play far enough into his 40s to actually get there. I mean, that that seems highly unlikely because a below-average DH as a hitter has almost no chance of sticking on an AL roster. He doesn't have any defensive value at this stage of his career. Uh, he's been a below-average defender at first base for more than a decade now. So I think if we see him playing beyond 2021, it's not in Major League Baseball making a run at Bonds' record. It's probably you know trying to pull something like what Manny Ramirez wants to do and playing in Taiwan or Japan or Korea or playing somewhere else professionally. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm learning a lot about uh, Taiwanese and Korean baseball now. So uh, you know, I'll. Uh I'll be looking to watch that uh, if that happens, uh, and I'll be looking to watch Manny Ramirez if, if that happens. Uh, that'll be pretty cool. And yeah, we're uh, we're a day away from uh, opening day in KBO, so that's also a nice thing to look forward to. I'm excited for that. Absolutely. Um, one other thing, just about pools, it's really just more of a curiosity than anything, I guess, because I, I you know, want to approach this topic of. You know, we talk about steals specialists or, uh, you know, people who are uh, players who are, you know, maybe more oriented towards power than, than average. But I don't recall ever having a discussion about a player who is an RBI specialist. And it's a very uh, rare breed uh, for sure. So there was Pujols last year who actually had enough value in the RBI category that overall he had positive value in 12 team five by five roto leagues. Uh, there were, he, he had, Negative value in each of the other four categories. There were only four other players who achieved that. That is, they had 12-team value, they had positive value for RBIs, and for no other category did they have positive value. And uh, those players are Eric Hosmer, Starlin Castro, is Dribble Cabrera, and Ryan, and Ryan McMahon, somebody who, uh, if I recall correctly, DVR, was, uh, has been the target of yours. Yeah, Ryan McMahon's exit velocity numbers still kind of stand out to me and the opportunity to be at least maybe on a big side of a platoon in Colorado at that price has been something I've been chasing going all the way back to the early part of the winter. But yeah, RBI specialists are strange. I mean, when Pujols plays, of course, he's locked into the heart of the order for the Angels. Does that hold up with a healthy Shohei Otani and with the addition uh, of Anthony Rendon to that lineup? I mean, that's more opportunities to drive in runs in the sense that those are both good players likely hitting in front of him, but he's also going to fall in the order. And you have to wonder how Otani's presence will also uh, limit 
at bats that are available for Pujols in the DH spot too. I think that just complicates things quite a bit for him. So a very unusual player, a guy that I think because of the contract and, and just how the, the end of his career has shaped up, uh, people are kind of forgetting how amazing he was at his prime. He's an inner circle Hall of Famer for me, Al. He's easy, like first ballot in. And he was probably the most feared hitter of the decade from the time he debuted in 2001 uh, until the time he left St. Louis in 2011. Yeah, I don't think there should be any question that he's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, uh, it's yeah, it's been a while. I mean, he has not been on that level since going to Anaheim and really the last season in St. Louis, he wasn't at that level either. But a long, long run of just being absolutely dominant and being a first overall fantasy pick. Uh, uh, on a recent episode, I, I kind of took a similar tack with Michael Beller in regard to uh, Colin Moran because uh, I was making the case that uh, if there aren't as many prospect call-ups that maybe Colin Moran gets one last shot to establish himself. And he's in a similar situation with the Pirates that uh, he'll probably hit in the, the, the middle of the order, drove in 80 runs in 2019. Uh, but uh, he wasn't buying that any more than you're buying <laughs> Albert Pujols, uh, you know, being 12 team relevant just because of where he hits in the order. So uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll leave this RBI specialist thing uh to the side for a while. <laughs> uh, that said, uh, there are a lot of really interesting questions that uh, came to the athletic staff uh, by way of a mailbag roundtable. It's really the, the only thing that's better than a mailbag column and a roundtable column is combine the two. And uh, so that's exactly what we've done uh, at the Athletic Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Baseball mail, Mailbag Roundtable, Short Season Impacts on Prospects and Pitching. Uh, do check that out. Uh, DVR, you were involved. Um, you know, uh, many of the uh, athletic writers that you've uh, come to rely on answering your mailback questions. And, and there were some really good ones. So check that out. And in the meantime, we're going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get a 40% discount off of your subscription. Just go to theathletic.com slash baseball in 15 or try out The Athletic with a 90-day free trial. Uh, and either way, everything that's on The Athletic, that's part of the subscription, not just fantasy, not just MLB. It's the whole thing. Uh, that's all in the subscription. And if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be back with you on Tuesday. <laughs>